0: We're in Chapter 5 of The Creative Process in the Individual by Thomas Troward, entitled The Personal Factor. Now last time we ended with the question, what is or what should be the normal standard of personality? So let's pick it up right there. He writes, our liberty consists in our ability to form our own conception of the normal standard of personality, only subject to the conditions arising out of the inherent law of the underlying universal mind. And so, the whole thing resolves itself into the question, what are those fundamental conditions? The law is that we cannot transcend the normal. Therefore comes the question, what is the normal? I have endeavored to answer this question in the chapter on the divine ideal, but since this is the crucial point of the whole subject, we may devote a little further attention to it. The normal standard of personality must necessarily be the reproduction in individuality of what the universal mind is in itself, because by the nature of the creative process, this standard results from spirit's self-contemplation at the stage where its recognition is turned toward its own power of initiative and selection. At this stage, spirit's self-recognition has passed beyond that of self-expression through a mere law of averages, into the recognition of what I have ventured to call its artistic ability. And as we have seen, that self-recognition at any stage can only be attained by the realization of a relation stimulating that particular sort of consciousness. It follows that for the purpose of this further advanced expression through individuals of a corresponding type is a necessity. Then by the law of reciprocity, such beings must possess powers similar to those contemplated in itself by the originating spirit. In other words, they must be in their own sphere, the image and likeness of the spirit as it sees itself. You know, what Troward is talking about, and he uses the term self-contemplation of spirit, but it's exactly, in my reading to the way the Bible describes the creative process in Genesis chapter 1. After everything is done, it says, let us make man in our image after our likeness. And then it starts to talk about all of the abilities and the things that that man is going to have the ability to do. That, that what term he uses, that being, is going to be able to do. But that concept or that idea of let us make man in our image that is the self-contemplation of spirit. That's exactly, that's, his, that's the term Troward uses, as self-contemplation of spirit. But that's exactly how the Bible describes it. Because to whom is God in that instance, to whom is he speaking? Well, he's speaking to none other than himself. And he uses as the model himself as the picture to be reproduced. And what he says here, is that creating a reciprocal, the law of reciprocity, requires that the reciprocal or an opposite of God be created, a physical manifestation of the idea of creating something in his image. Now, we've got to understand that his image is not that of this physical body that we possess. Because God is not, doesn't have a physical body. That's the thing that makes spirit, spirit, is that it isn't contained into a specific physical body. However, in our case, it is. And I was having a discussion with a yesterday, and one of the things that we talked about was the fact that there is only one spirit. You know, we get this idea because there are, you know, billions of people on the planet that there are billions of spirits out there. That's not accurate. There's one spirit. It's individualized billions of times but it's only one spirit. It's the same spirit in every individual anywhere on the planet. That's ultimately why we're all of one family, if you will. We're all the same because we have the same spirit. And it's that same spirit that dwells inside every human that dwelt in Jesus and Moses and all the greats in the Bible. They had the same spirit. It wasn't a different spirit. It wasn't a higher spirit or a bigger spirit or a better spirit. It was the exact same spirit. Spirit. So it's like once again, the electricity in the wall, the electricity in our house. Now we have a big house, but we also have a little house, a guest house on our property. The electricity that comes into the big house is the exact same electricity that goes into the little house. In fact, they come off the exact same utility lines from the power company. So the power, the spirit inside the house is exactly the same in both places. The difference is one is expanded because it's in a larger area. One is smaller because it's in a smaller area. So when he's talking here about standard of personality, that's what he's talking about is what is the potential for every human on the planet. I don't know about you, but when I think of personality, I think of, oh, she's got a great personality. He's got a great personality. And what is when we talk about the, uh, an individual's personality what are we talking about typically we're talking about what makes that individual individual what makes them stand out what makes them different what makes them unique their personality and but we also you know sometimes do uh, we're not big fans of this but but there are a lot of people that are big fans of personality tests and and once again that's attempting to isolate and identify the factors of an individual that make them different potentially than someone else because otherwise you look at humans and we're a lot the same because we all have the same spirit but what separates us out is our personality and what he's doing in this chapter on the personal factor is he is starting to again further illustrate what the standard not not only what it is or what but what it should be what it could be what its possibilities are. Because ultimately, my picture, my standard of personality, which is resident within my self-image, is the limitation on the power that comes from God. The power that is in me and in you and in every human being, anybody that's listening to this, that same power that created the heavens and the earth, that created everything in the physical universe, that same power actually resides inside us now, why aren't we creating planets also well it's not because the power's not there it's not because the power's not able it 's because at the end of the day i just don 't believe it my self image my standard of personality doesn't allow for me to do that not yet at least and so that 's the difference between me and say someone else there there's other people out there that may Believe at a much higher level, and therefore they're not limited to the same level that I am. And I am in a situation where, based on my experience of working with people, my standard personality is much more expanded than many others. But it's not a comparison between whose is bigger and whose is smaller. It doesn't matter. Whatever mine is, and this is another discussion I had with a guy yesterday, whatever mine is, it's not enough. Because his theory or his, his suggestion is that potentially my belief system is a little too far out there. Like I believe a little too much. And I said, well, okay, we can think that, but I haven't walked on water yet. I haven't fed 5,000 people with a, you know, two piece fish dinner. I haven't healed blind people. So no, whatever it is, I'm not there yet. I haven't gotten that far yet. So once I get, I said, once I start doing that, now, if you want to come back and talk to me about, maybe I'm getting to the edge getting close to the line. If there is such a line, which I don't believe there is a line Then we can have that discussion. But you can't come to me and have the discussion about the line until I've done at least the things that Jesus was doing 2,000 years ago. I mean, we're 2,000 years removed. We've got more podcasts than you could shake a stick at. They didn't even have one podcast. I don't know how they got anything done back during Jesus' era because they didn't have podcasts, they didn't have the Internet, they didn't have an iPhone, they didn't have YouTube. I mean, how did anybody ever get anything done? How did this information ever get transmitted? I mean, what, did people actually just show up and listen to people talk live? Can you imagine such a thing? So that was 2,000 years ago. So until I start playing at that level in today, then we can start talking about the line. But right now, I don't even think I'm anywhere close to the line. If there is a line, the line is a dot to me. That's how far away I am from that line. So this concept of the standard of personality is really Another way of saying my self-image. Because it's my self-image that ultimately either liberates or limits my potential. So let's continue on. Now we have seen that the creative spirit necessarily possesses the powers of initiative and selection. These we may call its active properties. The summing up of what it does. But what any power does depends on what it is for the simple reason that it cannot give out what it does not contain. Therefore, at the back of the initiative and selective power of the spirit, we must find what the spirit is, namely, what are its substantive properties. Read that again. Now we have seen that the creative spirit necessarily possesses the powers of initiative and selection. So it's made a decision, initiative and selection. So it's made a decision. Well, it has the ability to make a decision. That's correct. And choose. To choose and to select. Now, these are its powers. It's not what it is. That's what he's saying. It's not what it is. But that's what it has the ability. It can do those things. That's what we may call its active properties. The summing up of what it does. Not what it is, but what it does. But what any power does depends on what it is. For the simple reason that it cannot give out what it does not contain. Therefore, at the back or behind the initiative and selective power of the spirit, we must find what the spirit is. Namely, what are its substantive properties? To begin with, it must be life. Then, because it is life, it must be love. Because as the undifferentiated principle of life, it cannot do otherwise than tend to the further development of life in each individual. And the pure motive of giving greater enjoyment of life is love. Then, because it is life guided by love, it must also be light. That is to say, the primary all-inclusive perception of boundless manifestations yet to be. Then from this proceeds power. Because there is no opposing force at the level of pure spirit. And therefore, life urged forward by love or the desire for recognition and by light or the pure perception of the law of infinite possibility must necessarily produce power for the simple reason that under these conditions it could not stop short of action for that would be the denial of the life love and light which it is then because the spirit is life love light and power it is also peace again for a very simple reason that being the spirit of the whole it cannot set one part in antagonism against another for that would be to destroy the wholeness next the spirit must be beauty because on the same principle of wholeness it must duly proportion every part to every other part And the due proportioning of all parts is beauty. And lastly, the spirit must be joy. Because working on these lines, it cannot do otherwise than find pleasure in the self-expression which its works afford it. And in the contemplation of the limitlessness of the creative process by which each realized stage of evolution, however excellent, is still the stepping stone to something yet more excellent and so on in everlasting progression. For these reasons, we may sum up the substantive being of the all-originating spirit as life, love, light, power, peace, beauty, and joy. And his active power is that of initiative and selection. That is the perfect description that words can... Possibly describe in the earth as the perfect description of God. Yeah, that's, um, I mean, there in, in the New Testament, there's the talk of the fruit of the Spirit. Mm-hmm. Peace, just, joy, mm-hmm. love. Against such there is no yeah, law. Exactly. Well, in this, he's talking about life, love, light. But light, in this case, once again, it's not illumination. It's not lights being, you know, it's not light switch, light. Light, as in the actual very fabric that underpins all physical manifestation. The reason why this is important also is because this is a part of the standard because all these things that make up God make up you and me. Mm-hmm. It's the anchor. It's the, it is the top of all principle, all truth, all everything. That's right. My personality, if you will, my uniqueness, my individuality sits on top of this, sits on top of this base, this base of life, love, light, power, peace, beauty, and joy, just as it does for everybody else. And I also possess the active power of initiative and selection, meaning I have the ability on my own to make a choice, to decide, to select. That makes the human unique amongst all the other manifestations on the planet. Uh, in the planets, uh, in, the, in the physical universe that we know of. No other being possesses all of that and has the ability for initiative and selection. Mm-hmm. We are beautifully and wonderfully made. That is correct. Fearfully and wonderfully made. Fearfully, I don't understand that. Sometimes they use the word fear a lot in the Old Testament uh, writing, and, uh, and it didn't. It's awestruck. It's awesome. It's... Yes. So once again... This is, I think you use the, uh, the term underpinning. This is at the back of me. Therefore, this needs to be the underpinning or at the back of everything I ever do. So anything that I do, any selection or, that, or any initiative I take and any selection that I make should have at its base life, love, light, power, peace, beauty, and joy. Now, what does that look like? It means the motive behind it. Has got to be for expansion. Uh, has to be for more love. It cannot be something that takes away, or disintegrates, or brings about harm, or death, or dis-ease. It must produce these things. If it doesn't produce these things, if that's not its motive, then it's not the right thing. And it may be the. And this is. And I'll and i say this from my personal experience. Uh, going back, it doesn't mean necessarily that the what it is that I want to do is wrong. Potentially. It may be, but it may be the methodology. Many times it's the methodology that I'm using, the way I'm going about it. When I get outside of the creative process, I attempt to begin to make things happen. That's when I get outside of this. Because now I'm attempting to, quote, manipulate. And manipulate's not necessarily always considered bad. I mean, if you go to a chiropractor, they manipulate your back or your neck or or whatever, they move you around. So manipulation sometimes has a negative connotation and sometimes it is a negative thing. But in this instance, even when I'm not attempting to manipulate another person, but I'm attempting to manipulate circumstances and conditions, I'm getting out of the, uh, that's when I have ceased to be following the creative process. And now I've gone back over to the other side. Now I am attempting in my own power to do something that I don't have the power to do. I have ceased to use the power, and it's like I've got this electrical, this electricity that I could be plugged into. You remember back uh, when we lived at the other house, and we had all those trees. In the fall, it would rain all of those, those leaves. I mean, lots and lots of leaves. I would go out to blow those leaves. And I didn't have, at the time, I didn't have a gas-powered blower. I had an electric blower. So I'd plug it in, I had, you know, had those huge long extension cords, and I'd go all over the, the yard blowing those leaves for hours because that's how many leaves that we had. Now, that, in effect, is the benefit of using the creative process. In that instance, I took that blower, I plugged it into the power, And as a result, I was able to much more easily and efficiently move those leaves to wherever I wanted them to go. But what if I had gotten a little, let's say, impatient with the process, and I didn't want to go through the effort of getting out all of that electrical extension cords and all of that, or I'd gotten to the place to where uh, my extension cord needed to be moved to maybe another outlet, I just didn't want to be bothered with that because it's, you know, take, I'd have to stop. And I, and I just, instead of using the power and doing it, quote, effortlessly, I, I attempted to use my blower and use it as a rake. And I'm raking with the blower. I mean, I'm literally taking that physical because I don't have any power anymore. It's not blowing anymore because I'm not connected. And I'm scraping those leaves with the blower. And maybe to help the process, I'm also blowing with my mouth on some of those leaves to you know, move them, well, we'd look at that and go, well, Michael, that's, that's an absolutely absurd thing. Nobody in their right mind would ever do that. And I would say, you're right. No one in their right mind would ever do that. But when I get out of the creative process and move it over into the competitive process or into I'm going to do it myself process, I am no longer in, my right mind, because no one in their right mind would ever attempt to do on their own something that if they turned it over to God, not only would it be done for them, but it would be done at a much, much higher level than it ever could be done by themselves. And it would create the perfect situation, not only for them, but for everybody involved in that, in that process. Why would anybody ever do that? It's because they're not in their right mind or they're just not aware that that's possible. Regardless of that, that is just as absurd as me unplugging my electric blower and attempting to blow, blow it myself or to rake it myself. That's what this is like. And that's literally the difference. If you want to really have a picture of the difference in operating with the creative process and operating without the creative process, moving leaves is a great example the old way is with a rake, and the new way is with a blower. And there's many different levels of that blower. I blew them with an electric. You know how much easier it got once I had my gas-powered blower? Way easier. But there's an even easier way to do it. And that's with one of those big vacuuming machines that you pull that I could pull behind a lawnmower. But you know what? There's an even better, more effective way to do it. And that's have someone else come and do it. And I don't even touch any of it. I mean, there's so many different ways to do that. So many different levels. And that's exactly what the creative process is like. And at some point, if we want, we can get to that place where we're not effectively responsible for much of anything. But yet, it all gets done. And it's getting done at a much higher level. Because we are now allowing the power that we have access to that we're plugged into automatically. Because I'm a human, because you're a human, we are plugged into this power, whether we know it or not, whether we use it or not, we're plugged into it. Question is, how much of the power are we gonna tap into? Because there's no limit on how much we can tap into. That's the cool part. I don't know about you, but I don't think it's gonna get any better than what I just said. (laughs) Seriously, awesome. Anytime we can bring uh, a reference to blowing leaves, and somehow relate it to high levels of spiritual understanding. (laughs) I I think my work here is probably done for today. I don't think I'll do any better today. (laughs) So next time we will continue chapter five, the personal factor. We'll continue dealing with the question of what is the normal standard of personality. Now, as always, we would love to hear from you. So please feel free to drop us a comment. We'd also love if you'd like the show and give us a five star rating. Now, if you'd like to learn more about the creative process, you want to learn more about your infinite potential, I invite you to uh, go on over to infiniteceo.com. That's infiniteceo.com and check it out. We've got a lot of great information there and a cool course called Limitless Thinking that you can tap into as well. So thank you again for joining us on Infinite Coffee. We'll see you next time.